The parable of the sower, which we hear this morning, is, of course, one of the most famous stories from the gospel. And I'm sure that over the years, if you've heard it before, you probably hear it as a story of caution about how not to plant seeds. Jesus tells his followers in the parable that even though much seed is scattered, most of it will simply fall away. It will be eaten by the birds or it will wither up. There are only a few seeds which will actually germinate and bear fruit. Of course, when they do, that's a great thing. They could yield 30 or 60 or 90-fold. But really, the words that usually stick in my head are his warnings about the seeds that are eaten up by the birds or the ones that simply never germinate for any reason at all. But I'm wondering if there's a way to hear the parable of the sower as something positive. I mean, after all, if you've ever planted a seed, even from the time you're a small child, you know what a miracle it is to take this tiny thing and put it in the earth and just with a little bit of water, watch a whole new being come to life. It's incredible. I think there's a way to hear the parable of the sower as the story of Jesus telling us that miracles really are possible, that you can plant something and watch it grow. I'll give you a small example. Every spring and summer, I am treated to something very special. I don't have anything to do with it, but if you ever pass by the front of the rectory, you'll see there are tons of flowers and plants out in front. And that's because Jesse takes care to go and buy them and plant them in the planters that we have. He nourishes them and changes them over the course of the seasons to make sure that there's a beautiful tableau in front of the rectory. Well, off to the side, there are some concrete planters that don't have any drainage. They look like they're from a bygone era. And there's some soil in it, but it's not very good. The whole thing is kind of an afterthought. Well, every spring, Jesse will scatter some seeds in those planters and just see what happens. And usually it's a motley crew that emerges. Because the conditions aren't really great for growing in that area, most of the seeds don't germinate at all. And some of them kind of come up, but don't really seem like they're ready for the world quite yet. But a couple of them really actually do take root. And when they do, it's kind of a beautiful thing. I find that whenever I pass those little planters, the flowers that I think about the most are the ones that actually made it. I don't actually spend a whole lot of my time thinking about the seeds that didn't germinate or didn't get enough water or sun. Actually, the things I appreciate are the ones that blossomed. And seeing their success gives me joy. Think about that in your own life as well. Do you dwell on the things that you tried and failed at? Or do you think about the things that actually did bear fruit and give you joy? I'd be willing to bet that even if you are a self-critical person, and even if you're someone who tends to dwell on the past or think about your own failures, 
that you actually spend most of your time enjoying the fruits of the things that actually have been successful in your life. That's how I hear the parable of the sower. Jesus is just telling it how it is. In the course of this life, we will try many things, and most of them will fail. But some of them succeed. By his telling, the ones that do fail actually probably shouldn't have succeeded anyway. I mean, think about it. If you have a big endeavor that you are facing, and even if your intentions are really great, if you don't have enough effort and time to back it up, then it's actually not going to work. Maybe it just wasn't meant for you anyway. There's another kind of seed he talks about, the type of project or desire that you might have that is rooted in something that actually isn't so great, whether it's your own comfort or power or wealth. These are the things that Jesus says choke the seeds and make it impossible for them to grow. But the ones that do work, those are the ones that God is helping to nurture. And over time, they blossom and flourish, and they show forth God's glory in the world. So you see, after all, it is possible. And this is a parable not of pessimism, but of optimism, celebrating those seeds that come into the world and bring forth fruit. I think the same thing is true when it comes to church. Now, I don't actually like to preach about the church all that often because I find that it's kind of inward looking. The gospel isn't about the church, the gospel is about the world. And so the gospel compels us to preach about Jesus for the world. Sometimes those of us who like to come to church can get a little bit too involved in the inner workings and start to think the opposite. But every once in a while, I think it is important to kind of step back and reflect on what church is and why it is that we're attracted to it in the first place. By and large, in our own tradition, there is kind of a feeling of pessimism. And I'm sure you can understand why. As an institution, we are facing a lot of very serious challenges. The biggest among them is simply the social trend that people aren't really attracted to organized religion the way that they were a couple generations ago. Add to that the fact that we aren't really built as an organization to be facing the challenges that we face today. Sometimes, even when leaders aren't outwardly pessimistic, they tend to offer a kind of false optimism pointing to things that seem like they might be solutions, but really are just quick fixes. You know that person in your life who is optimistic even in the face of the greatest tragedy in a way that might seem like it's not totally genuine? That's what I'm talking about. But let's take a look at that situation from the standpoint of the gospel again. According to Jesus, there are going to be failures. And things, well, they run their course over time. And if you take a look at the state of American Christianity, the way that it is today, 
I think it's actually okay that certain things are dying. There are churches that, to be certain, simply don't have the spiritual depth to be able to withstand the challenges of today. If that's the case, then they will simply run their course and wither and die. There are far too many other churches that are lured by the comforts and the prestige of the world, gathering wealth simply for their own sake. I'm sure we can never forget about megachurches who, after hurricanes and great natural disasters, don't really bother to open up their doors to allow people in who have lost their homes. Many of these churches trade on manipulation and making people feel bad about themselves in order to compel them to come and to give money and to participate. When it comes to that kind of church, I kind of think of those as the ones that Jesus talks about, that the wealth and the lure of wealth are choking out the word. And over time, they too will wither and die. But you see, that's not the end of the parable. If we are going to embrace true optimism that comes from the gospel, then we can hear Jesus' message about the seeds that actually do germinate, take root, and bring forth life. Now listen, I'm not the most modest person in the world, but I think it's okay to brag about our church once in a while, not just for my sake, but for all of ours. Because when I hear the parable of the sower, I think of this place, All Saints Church, as being one of those seeds that fell on the good ground and germinated and grew and blossomed. It happens for so many reasons. But think about the fruits that come of this place, the warm welcome that is offered to strangers, the comfort that is offered to those who have lost loved ones or are going through a health crisis or some kind of other personal issue, the way that this place nourishes and nurtures our young people, watching them grow and go out into the world, the work that this place does in the community, standing for racial justice, resettling refugee families, and simply the way that the doors are open for every single person, no matter who you are, to come in, to find fellowship, to pray, to understand that you are part of a bigger human family, one in which we are all children of God. Is that not a ripe and delicious fruit? Has God not nurtured a plant that could yield such a glorious bounty? You see, it is possible. All you have to do is plant the seed, water it, tend it, maybe pray for God to give it a little bit of extra help when it needs it. And there it is, growing. Of course, over time, we need to tend to it. We need to weed out any impulse there might be to be tempted by the world outside. We need to guard it from the birds of the air that would come and pluck the fruit away. And we need to make sure that the soil will always remain deep, that the seed can keep growing, adding out branches and leaves so that more and more people can come and rest under its shade 
and eat of the fruit that ripens. But that's how it works. And knowing the people of this place, those who have been here for decades and those who are new to it, I know that we're all on the same page and that we're all dedicated to nourishing this plant that is this beautiful place. So yes, I don't mind bragging about All Saints Church. And I know that in addition to this place, all of you have other things in your life that look much the same. When they grow and flourish, it's because of the things that Jesus is talking about in the parable of the sower. And isn't that a tremendous gift? So this summer, as we sit in the sweltering heat and the torrential rain, think about this parable that Jesus tells us. Look at all of the miracles around us, the things that actually do work, the things that grow, the things that give us joy simply because they succeed. Because the hand of God is at work in each one of those things. And not just for God's glory, but for our enjoyment as well. And for that, we give thanks. Amen.